Hi, this is Mark Hager, and you're listening to Smart Retirement Life, a show where we talk about ideas, products, people, and more to help keep you inspired as you continue to create the life that you want. Today, we're talking with Dustin Jones. Dustin is a home health physical therapist with a background in athletic training, fitness, and orthopedics. He works to bridge the gap between fitness and rehab for older adults. Welcome, Dustin. Thanks so much for being with me today. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate you having me on this morning. Oh, yeah. It's my pleasure. Listen, Justin, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about what you do? All right. So as as you mentioned, I'm a home health physical therapist. So home health PT is basically you work with, with adults that have a, a considerable and taxing effort to get out of the home is kind of the, the, the definition of that. So what the it looks like on a day-to-day basis is, is typically uh, older adults that, you know, are, are just limited in their abilities in their home, uh, whether, you know, they're trying to, to do different tasks, you know, around their house or just even, you know, care for themselves. Um, so I just work with these people to, you know, help them do what they want to do. Uh, ultimately, you know, help them get as much independence back as possible in their life. And and that is uh, going to be very different for, for each person. Some, you know, we may get back to the point where, you know, they're able to get out of their house safely and independently and, you know, drive to, to the local pub. Or, you know, for some people, it may just be the simple fact that, you know, they can actually get out of bed without help. So it varies a lot, um, but uh, it's a, a very fulfilling job for sure, um, just to be able to, to spend, you know, two to three hours a week in someone's home, and, which is very unique, uh, especially in the healthcare realm. Just to clarify, what types of of work are you doing with people in terms of to help them? I know that you were talking about people that might have a wide range of conditions, right, that, that mm-hmm. cause them to have to be homebound. Now, obviously, not everyone needs physical therapy. So what kind of what, what's that, what are those conditions and what's that dividing line? Yeah, a, a lot of it um... – in terms of that dividing line, we, we typically look at their functional ability uh, more so than like a medical diagnosis. I mean, we definitely definitely focus on that, but someone's physical abilities can just vary so much, even with the same medical diagnosis, especially a lot of these chronic diseases. You know, some people have the potential to, you know, benefit from like some strength training, you know, something like uh, you know, most people would do lift some heavy stuff and they'll get stronger and, and get better. And, you know, if that's scaled appropriately to that person in front of you, uh, you know, it'll work. Uh, some people, that capacity to improve in that manner is is a little limited. So, you know, that may be a treatment session, may be more focused on how, how can we uh, adapt the environment? How can we uh, use assistive devices? How can we kind of use different compensations to help you uh, reach your goal? So um, it's kind of, Either or, you know, there, there's some people that are going to improve physically and some people that, that don't uh, have a high potential to improve physically. And But either way, we can work around their their ability or deficits to help them achieve, hopefully achieve, you know, what they want to, to be able to do. Okay, so, and I'm actually driving down, trying, trying to drive down to something here. Because we're not talking about everybody and we're talking about people that have specific needs physically, right, because of some condition or because of something that, you know, maybe an accident or illness or whatever, um, it's different for everybody, mm-hmm. right? And it may not be severe. It may not be, I can't move, right? I'm, I'm really trying to drill down into, you know, physical therapy isn't just for people who are very, very ill, 
Correct. Yes. Um, that that is definitely the case. And even in in my setting, uh, there's there's some there's a lot of people that that I I definitely wouldn't consider to be ill. Uh, you know, they they have a lot of life experience. You know, some people push in 80s, 90s, uh, in their hundreds, which they, if you take a look at, at things, just take a step back. I mean, they are in amazing shape. I mean, I mean, I would consider these like elite uh, athletes in terms of people, uh, you know, if they, you compare them to other people in their age. So uh, not necessarily something wrong with them. You know, they're, they're just older adults and, you know, our body just wears down with time um, and, and their abilities are amazing, but they can uh, improve from physical therapy. So so yes, I agree with you. In the home health setting, though, it is most commonly uh, someone that that does have an illness or someone that is uh, sick or has an issue. But but definitely in other settings like like the outpatient uh, physical therapy setting, uh, PT can definitely help uh, anyone that wants to to achieve you know a certain physical goal. Uh, a lot of people, uh, almost everyone, has the capacity to definitely improve upon their situation, regardless of you know, that, that medical diagnosis, uh, definitely in the outpatient setting, I would, I would say for sure. Awesome. Okay. So what inspired you to focus on the care of older adults? Well, nothing really inspired me. It was more just a, a situation that kind of, uh, put me in, in this job. Um, so I was, like you said, I was in athletic training, had an orthopedic background. So I was definitely, uh, geared towards, athletes. I loved working with, with young individuals that had these athletic capabilities, and that's what I was going for. And I moved uh, to Columbus, Ohio, where I'm at now, and I was working in a, a fitness facility. It was a kettlebell gym called Move Strong Kettlebells. And I was working in there um, just trying to build up kind of like a private physical therapy practice within this gym. Um, while I was doing that, though, I uh, was getting married to a, a physician resident. And if anyone knows a physician, you know that they have a lot of debt <laughs> coming <laughs> coming out of medical school. So I, I was pursuing kind of this, uh, this trying to start a business that was not generating a lot of income. It had the potential to, but it was not at the time. And, and then I was, you know, marrying this lovely woman that, that carried a lot of of debt with her and that reality kind of sunk in. So I was like, well, I got to get a job. <laughs> I got to be able to, you know, pay these bills, pay this loan repayment. And, and that started to sink in. So what, honestly, I mean, I'm not proud of this by any means, but I thought to myself, what physical therapy job could I get that would be what I thought of as easy and flexible and would pay me well. So I could pursue this uh, side private physical therapy deal in the gym and home health uh, fits the bill. Uh, and, you know, anyone that works in home health, you know, that you make your own schedule and then, you know, it also pays well. So all, I mean, all those things I thought, okay, I'll just do this, you know, temporarily uh, you can always find a home health job and I'll just do that to help support myself as I'm trying to start this other business. And, and just as time went on, um, I started to enjoy it. And it was interesting because I, I was hesitant to let myself enjoy it because home health is, is kind of viewed as the, the redheaded stepchild of rehab. <laughs> it's where clinicians go to die. Uh, is a, lot, a lot of people will say that it's not very desirable. Uh, you, know, you hear horror stories of, you know, filthy homes and all these terrible settings that you or homes that you go in. And, uh, you know, that just wasn't the case as I was working. And, and the people, as I got to spend more time with them, because I, I hadn't really spent a lot of time with older adults up until then. 
I just really started to appreciate them as people and their stories, their past, and just, you know, what they still have, you know, to share. And, and I would start to enjoy it. So just as over about a six to seven month period, I just kind of took more and more responsibility in that home health job and say, you know what, I'm gonna stick with this, you know, forget this little gym, private physical therapy business that I was wanting to start and just dove right into it. And the, I guess the rest is history, as they would say. So you were, you were trying to wade through a difficult situation and, and made what you thought was a good choice and then end up finding your passion. Yeah, yeah, honestly, it, I didn't, it did not start as my passion, but uh, the job has definitely uh, shaped my passion to, yeah, to help older adults. That's awesome. All right, so let's switch gears here and um, let's talk a little bit about healthcare and the role that it plays in longevity and quality of life. So in terms of um, like what, what we can do in terms of uh you know, like a healthy lifestyle or in terms of utilizing the healthcare system? Because they may be different answers. Well, I, actually, in terms of, of, of what you do, right? Let's okay. Talk about what you do. Yeah. So I, I think um, I'll just kind of give people an over or just kind of a background on the current state of, of geriatric rehab because this goes hand in hand. Um, if you look at at most physical therapy, I'm, this is a blanket statement, so I know there's going to be a lot of people that, that debunk this for sure, but it, for as a whole, if you look at how we care for older adults in the rehab setting, what you're typically going to see is is our patients being under-challenged, that they are not, um, they're not being challenged enough to actually promote adaptation. And what, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to do in my work and several other people that I've connected with, uh, you know, online and, and in my job is that people benefit from getting uncomfortable in in many different ways. So so I think in terms of you know longevity and health, the continual pursuit of of discomfort and not to say, you know, no pain, no gain, try to, you know, inflict pain on yourself, but just the the discomfort of lifting heavy things or, you know, challenging yourself physically, not necessarily causing pain, but but that that edge of your ability where there's a little bit of discomfort your body really likes it and it'll adapt and adapt to that situation and become stronger uh, and it can better, you know, handle the the activities of, of daily living. So that that's one thing that I hit on pretty hard with my patients. Cause if, especially if you look at a, a lot of older adults, you know, the, the areas around them, their lives, uh, a lot of um, risk is taken out. Uh, comfort is definitely maximized. Uh, and, and that, you know, can be a good thing, but it, it can also harm people. Um, so uh, in terms of longevity, you know, challenging yourself physically regularly, whichever way that that may be, I particularly love, you know, kettlebells or barbells or, you know, just heavy things uh, is is very beneficial. And it needs to continue on throughout all of our lives, not just, you know, when we're, you know, 15 years old up to 55. You know, this is like a long, lifelong endeavor to consistently challenge uh, our our physical capacity. Excellent. Um, all right. So tell me about someone, leave out names, obviously, mm-hmm. that you've helped in a big way, something that really made an impression on you. Um, the, the first one that comes to mind is my good friend, uh, Tini. I'm not going to say her last name. Uh, she, she's actually the voice on, on the introduction, uh, to, 
to my podcast. So Peeny is uh, 92 years old. I was treating her husband. Her husband was 90, and he he was an amazing man. He um, was in World War II. His war stories were just amazing. He actually talked about them, which is, is kind of unique for, for that generation, for sure. But he had severe dementia, and he I, I started working with him kind of on the front end of it and got to see it kind of progress. But they were living in the in the same house that they had been in for over 40 years. And Peeny was, was having a very, very difficult time uh, caring for her husband because he needed a lot of help. Uh, just, you know, he's confused a lot. He didn't know how to do just very simple things uh, and just needed constant supervision. And Peeny uh, wanted to stay in the house. She did not want to go to a nursing home or an assisted living facility. Um, but in order for her to do that, Walt, her husband, needed to be at the top of his game in terms of what he could physically be able to do. So, I worked with him and, you know, we, we did all kinds of stuff in terms of, you know, we did a lot of body weight training. I mean, I remember doing push-ups with him at some point <laughs> and, and this guy, you know, he, he definitely uh, made some references back to his, uh, his boot camp days back, <laughs> back when he was in the service, which was, was pretty cool. But we just did a lot of different stuff that was, I guess, very different from what they had experienced before in, in physical therapy. Cause a lot of times, you know, if, you go into a, a PT gym and if there's an older adult, a lot of times it's just going to be people sitting, maybe doing some, some exercise while they're sitting with, you know, that stretchy band or TheraBand as we call it, or maybe riding a bike, uh, different things that, that can be helpful, but, but usually it's underdosed. It's not to a point where it's challenging enough to promote adaptation. And, and I kind of went in there and just, you know, we, we just got after it. You know, we did, we were doing push-ups, we did squats, we were getting on the ground, we were crawling, we we're doing all these things that they were very challenging and it allowed him to stay in the house longer than what he could have before. And, and Peeny uh, was just, just very, very grateful. And, and she expressed that, uh, you know, just saying thank you, but we, uh, she ended up taking us to, uh, to White Castle, my wife and I, and uh, we went on a double date with them on for Valentine's Day, <laughs> <laughs> and that that was kind of their tradition. Uh, you know, every Valentine's Day they would go to White Castle, and I don't know if you're familiar with this. They, they have White Castle down there, right? Or is that a Crystal's land? That's Crystal. Uh, so White Castle, they will do uh, table service on Valentine's Day. They they put the white linen cloths out. I mean, they 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 go go to town with it, and we went with them and it was awesome. We went to White Castle, got table service. You know, I was, I was 29, my wife's 28 and we're, we're you know, we're hanging out with 90 year olds on Valentine's day. That may mean I'm a bad husband, not taking her out to a romantic <laughs> dinner, but, uh, but we just had such a great time and, you know, just to see her gratitude and to know, you know, we were able to do that for him was amazing. But I mean, it was just awesome to be able to spend that time with them. And it ended up being kind of their last, uh, Valentine's Day together, and and that just always sticks out with me when I think about the power of what you know PT can do for older adults. I think of Peeny and uh, White Castle. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great story. Um, oh, so, it was it was awesome. So being in physical therapy, obviously you're you're really into exercise, and um, why don't you tell me about some of the exercises, maybe the you know, you work with people, you use when you work with people, or some of the ones that are your most favorites and, and why? Okay. Um, so, you know, as as a PT, anytime that we 
speak to the public, we have to give a blanket statement. It depends on the person. So I'll oh, go yeah. ahead and get that out there. But uh, a lot of what I do is not too different from what a lot of people see in in kind of the sports realm or or the CrossFit realm or just kind of with the younger population. So the kind of fundamental movements uh, that, you know, if you load them or if you do it with weight are really good for the body. So a squat, um, a deadlift and, and farmer carries. So the squat, you know, you know, just basically getting up off of a chair and going down, uh, you can use a chair or not use a chair. Uh, but you know, I'll, I do home health. So the easiest weight for me to, to bring is, is a kettlebell. So it's kind of that iron ball with a handle on top. And, and so we'll just do, you know, a bunch of repetitions, uh, just for, for a lot of people, it's just getting up off of a chair and sitting back down slowly, um, is, is really helpful. Uh, a deadlift is you're basically lifting something up off the ground. Um, it's it, the, it's very uh, technical. It seems like a simple movement, but you need to, to really have your form down pat. And I can definitely include, uh, you know, some links to some good videos uh, for this. Um, but that's a very powerful movement. Uh, it, it's a total body movement for sure. Um, but I love it because especially for older adults, they have a fear of, of getting close to the ground. Um, for, for many, you know, I've had many patients, I ask them, when was the last time you were on the ground? You know, some of them will say 10 to 15 years or they can't Whoa. remember. Yeah. And if they were on the ground 10 to 15 years ago, it's probably because of a fall and a traumatic incident. So there's a lot of fear associated with the ground, getting close to the ground and the deadlift, you know, you don't get on the ground per se, but you lower your, your center of mass or you lower your body. And that can be difficult for a lot of older adults, but if they can, can do that without weight and then you add a little weight to it, uh, it's, it's a great, great strengthener. And then the last one is farmer carries. So basically carrying a heavy weight at your side, you can carry it on one side or the, or the other, uh, or, you know, carry weight on both sides. And really heavy farmer carries are are great uh, with all kinds of people, but I definitely use it with a lot of people that don't respond to me uh, giving them cues. So people with Alzheimer's, dementia, um, you can give them this weight, and instead of you know having to say, hey, you know, stand up a little bit taller, you know, improve your posture, all those different things, the weight uh, gives them that signal to do it automatically. Uh -huh. So that's that's a pretty handy one. So those. Those three are kind of my go-to, and you know, if I make it to 80, 85, 90 years old, those are the three that I, I hope to be doing myself. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, I want to ask you a, a question. We have a lot of people who, um, you know, are taking care of their of, of older parents, mm -hmm. and uh, who might, like you have you you've been mentioning, you know, be in their nineties um, mm -hmm. or maybe even older. How can they, as a as an adult child, uh, providing care to an older parent? How can they work in um, either working with a PT or or even doing some of these uh, types of exercises into what they into the care that they provide for their parents? Mm. That's that's a good question. Um, a, a lot of times. That can be, you know, that can obviously be a struggle, uh, especially the caregivers that I work with. Time is of the essence, and many um, caregivers, especially if it's family, uh, the family member typically will not want to do do exercise with them. That's where, you know, an outside person coming in can be really helpful. But if the the parent is, 
you know, wants to exercise and the caregiver is able to do that, that's great. And I, I like to think of it as just kind of, um, of doing movement snacks. So that, oh. that concept is not, you know, I have not, I did not coin that. I, I don't know who did, I read it somewhere, but not thinking of exercise as this big event that you have to do, you know, at a certain point of the day, uh, but that movement, the exercise can be sprinkled throughout your day. You don't have to isolate it to one chunk. It can be throughout all, you know, all the hours of your day. So any, excuse me, say anytime, you know, they're helping their, their parent get out of the bed, you know, that's an opportunity to squat. So, you know, instead of just, you know, getting out of bed, standing up, you know, you could go ahead and throw in five to 10 squats there. Uh, any, Anytime, say you're doing stairs, you know, you, instead of going up and down, you could go up, down, and then back up, you know, again, or go, you know, two flights instead of just doing one. Um, breaking up, uh, sitting is huge in terms of, of just moving your body uh, regularly throughout the day rather than, you know, sitting, you know, for three, four, five, six hours, like a lot of people uh, can, can tend to do. So that, you know, those different movements, uh, I would I would definitely encourage the caregivers to just to lower the barriers to do it. So don't make it too big of a deal or take too long, but just kind of sprinkle it throughout your day. Um, and, and that that could be that could be very effective. But then also you mentioned caregiver. I think those exercises are just as important for caregivers as well, because um, it's it's not easy, especially if you have someone that you're working with that needs you know physical assistance to get you know out of their bed, out of a chair uh, to help walk. Uh, you know, the caregiver has to be, has to be pretty strong and fit to be able to do those things. So, you know, those same exercises that, that are good for, for the older adult are also good for the caregiver uh, in terms of being able to lift uh, heavy weight to be able to do it safely and effectively to prevent any injury um, mm -hmm. is, is really important. Okay, we're going to switch gears here again. And uh, I know you've got another project that you're working on, the senior rehab project. Why don't you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, so the senior rehab project uh, is, I guess, it's just me scratching my own itch. Um, so, you know, I mentioned before doing home health, uh, I I don't get a lot of interaction with other clinicians. Uh, you know, I can always call people, but, you know, when you're in the thick of your work day, uh, that typically doesn't happen. <laughs> a lot of things take precedence. Um, and so home health, you, you're kind of isolated. And in, P, in most physical therapy settings, you know, you're around other clinicians. And that's a really good thing because you, you know, you stay on top of your skills, you're challenged, uh, you can talk about patients. And it's it's very, it's an environment for growth. Um, home health is not, it's not very suitable to growing as a clinician. Um, not to say it can't be done, but there's just a lot of innate barriers to the setting. And, and so also with home health, you know, you're driving a lot. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably in the car at least two hours a day. So I, I end up listening to a lot of podcasts and I am definitely a fan of utilizing my driving time to learn. And, and so I'll listen to physical therapy podcasts, but most of the podcasts that, that are out on the market for people like me are geared towards the clinician that works with younger athletes or just kind of the, the orthopedic setting. So there are some things that, that are applicable to the home health clinician or even the person, the, the nursing home or the hospital, but by and large, it doesn't really speak to, to the rehab clinician that's working with older adults. So I uh, took some advice from a friend and said, you know, if you have a need um, that is not met, 
you need to make something, you know, to meet that need. Cause if, you know, if you have that problem, there's several other people that have that same problem. So I started to think about, um, you know, what I could do. And I loved listening to podcasts. I know how impactful they were for me. And so I decided, you know, let's, let's start a podcast. I am, uh, you know, very slow speaker. I've got a little twang to my voice. I, I definitely, I uh, was worried about how it would sound behind the mic. Um, but, I just kind of started this pot, the podcast, the senior rehab podcast from a, I guess, a standpoint of humility in, in the sense of I'm not an expert. I want to talk to the experts. I just want to have conversations to be better. And so I kind of put low standards on myself uh, from the get go, or low expectations from the listeners. And, and it's been, it's been pretty awesome. So I, I basically just uh, talk to uh, researchers in our field, experienced clinicians, uh, people in and out of, of PT, honestly. And, you know, we'll just talk about how we can care for older adults. And, and it's been, it's been quite the ride. I've learned a ton, uh, but it's, it's been a lot of fun uh, to do, you know, over the, over the past year. I'm, I know it's bound to have been a great experience because the podcast that I've done in uh, my career, I've definitely learned a lot as well. That's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. what's, uh, what is one piece of advice that you would give someone to help them, maybe even encourage them to continue building an amazing life for themselves as they grow older? Mm. Uh, I, the big thing that comes to mind is is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, in, in so many ways, just what I've seen, is, you know, especially in the healthcare environment, but just our environments in general, uh, out in the community, in the home, is that we, we definitely pursue comfort. And you know, whether that's a nice, comfortable chair or a nice, uh, stable sidewalk or, you know, just not uh, getting too hot, getting too cold or not, you know, lifting things that are too heavy. Um, those, those aren't inherently bad, I would say, but they, they have an impact on our ability to withhandle stress and our ability to be resilient. So I would just say, you know, pursue the discomfort. Don't, you know, injure yourself or pursue pain, but challenge yourself physically um, and your your body will thank you and be more resilient because of it. Excellent advice. All right. So before we get out of here, why don't you tell people how they can get in contact with you? Awesome. Yeah. So you can uh, yeah find me at seniorrehabproject.com, and that's just kind of the home base uh, for the podcast that I mentioned. Uh, there's there's some blog posts on there, and then links to you know Twitter, Facebook, all that fun stuff. So yeah, seniorrehabproject.com is where I'm at on the interwebs. All right. Well, that was some great information, Dustin. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. And uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Again, I'm Mark Hager, and this is Smart Retirement Life. Have a great day.